It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into the NBA GM survey. What we learned about the Thunder and the league as a whole, including what's the consensus around NBA scouts, coaches, executives on Chet Holmgren, and what the Thunder need to do to get themselves back into contention and back within the elites around the NBA. Find out on today's podcast, the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles, media member and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. You can email the show, lothunderpod at gmail.com, and on Twitter, the show is at lothunderpod. On today's show, we're going to dive into the ESPN general manager front office coaches survey put on by ESPN. How many teams are better than the Thunder this season? What's the future of this team look like? Plus, What's the opinion of these coaches, scouts, and executives who were polled on these big topics like Chet Holmgren's future in the NBA? That is what matters the most for the Thunder in this survey. There are other things to tie back to the Thunder, but let's start there. So if you don't know, ESPN yearly every offseason does a general manager survey, which is 15 NBA coaches, scouts, executives, but oftentimes, of course, referred to as a GM survey, even though uh, there's also coaches and scouts and execs in there as well. Uh, They are polled on the biggest topics from best player in the NBA to who will be the best player in five years, who wins MVP this year, the best rookie in five years, which is where we're going to talk about Chet Holmgren, which teams had the best offseason and worst offseason, where will big stars land in in the open market, and who's going to win the NBA both for their conferences and the NBA finals. So it's 15 NBA coaches and scouts and executives. Tim Bomteds of ESPN wrote this article out, compiled all the data, and I'm sure we'll talk about it Friday on the Hoop Collective podcast as well. Uh, So what really matters to the Thunder is who will be the best rookie in five years. And of these, you know, coaches, scouts, and executives surveyed, six votes went to Paula Bencaro. Six votes went to Chet Holmgren. They were tied for the leading vote getters for who will be the best rookie in five years from now. Jay Nivey had two votes. Keegan Murray had one vote. And Jabari Smith Jr. had zero votes. Not a single vote for Jabari Smith Jr. I think that that is one of the most surprising facts of this poll. Uh, I think that, you know, Jabari Smith Jr., 
was a guy that, of course, many thought were going to go number one. Was going to go number one overall, even on draft day. Woj tweeted out that he's going to go number one overall, and then he ended up not going number one overall. As the Magic pull off the best smoke screen we've seen in quite some time in NBA history, uh, especially in this day and age where you have so many guys who are looking for that scoop and trying to uh, conjure it up any way that they can. I had Jabari Smith Jr. won one on my board for a very long time. I think that Jabari Smith Jr. has all the makeup of a guy who can be the best rookie in five years. Is that who I'd cast my vote for, though? If I was an NBA GM scout coach that got pulled in this, I would not cast my vote for Jabari Smith Jr. But the fact that he had zero votes, I think was surprising. I, I think that that's kind of shocking that he has no votes whatsoever. Keegan, uh, Keegan Murray had one, Jaden Ivey had two, and then the rest all went and were split between Chet Holmgren and Paula Bencaro. Uh, for Keegan Murray, I think that he has the safest route to being a contributing player in five years. I, I think that he, what he does is just going to play it in some capacity, uh, likely, of course, in a, starter, in a starting role where I think that Keegan Murray and kind of viewing Keegan Murray as a guy that I think will all recognize as an all-star caliber player, like those of us that watch the NBA daily and, and consume all this NBA content. Look, if, if you're if you're consuming this NBA podcast on August 30th, you are a diehard NBA fan and you are going to watch the Kings play basketball and then you'll be seeing the all-star impact that he has. I just don't think that he'll have the ever numbers or flashy game to uh, make many all-star games as he should compared to his play on the floor. I think he'll be one of those guys that we all advocate for to get the all-star game, just doesn't really... Uh, happen that often. I think that he will, he will make an all-star game, but just not that often. Uh, so the fact that he has a vote for the best rookie in five years of this class is interesting. And then Jaden Ivey. I really like Jaden Ivey a lot. I had him number four on my board. Um, I had him and Sharp as a toss-up between four and five, uh, settling in with with Ivey uh, up just slightly above Sharp uh, for me. Two votes for him. I think that that's a really good situation for him in Detroit. I think that playing as the Cade Cunningham is really good. I think that playing with um, Duran is really good for him as well. I think that, of course, Troy Weaver is going to build a really good uh, organization there and is already starting to change the culture there. I really like Jaden Ivey. I think that the only surprise here is that there's no vote for Jabari Smith Jr. Now, the splitting of Paul Bencaro and Chet Holmgren, to me, makes the most sense. I, I think that if you ever had truth serum and you ever had um, an ability to get the magic to tell the truth, which doesn't appear it exists, right? Because if Woj and Shams cannot get the truth from them, nobody can in the NBA landscape. Uh, but I think that they were really deciding between Paulo Bencaro and Chet Holmgren. I think that they were split between those two guys and they and they let the whole Jabari Smith thing play out because we just kept assi- assigning it to them. They never really asked for it. And they just didn't, didn't kind of uh, correct course on that publicly. I think that it was a clear choice between Paulo and Chet for number one. While I do have Jabari, you know, and, and did have him one on my board, uh, I think that when you're in a position like Orlando and a position like OKC, you have to go for that swing of a guy who could be generational. And to me, while I think that Jabari Smith will be very good and I think that he'll guard uh, one through five in the NBA at an elite level, I think that he'll be a really good three-point shooter. And those things play at a high level in the NBA and those things are very important to building a winning team. I think that he doesn't have a chance to be generational. I think that there's a chance Paulo is, a chance that Chet is, and you take that swing anytime that you can whenever you get that lottery like to jump up to the first overall pick or second overall pick. So splitting up between these two guys makes a lot of sense. If I had to cast my vote, uh, I would I would vote for Paul Bencaro just because I think that it's it's a more projectable role. When you close your eyes and think of who is going to be an all-star or a superstar 
from this year's rookie class, the pathway to get there is so much easier for Paul Carroll than it is for Chet Holmgren to envision. Like if, if you if you just close your eyes and you have to force yourself to think of a scenario, think of, of what it looks like physically for Paul Carroll to be a, a, a superstar, megastar from this draft class. It's a lot easier for that picture to come to your mind and for that to become clear in your mind as a vision than it is for Chet Holmgren. Because for Chet Holmgren to be a superstar, for him to be um, the best player in this draft class and be better than Paul Carroll. It'll take him doing things we've never seen before. And it's a lot of pressure to put on somebody. It's a lot of expectation to put on somebody to make them go outside the box and reinvent the game of basketball. This would this would be a 7-1 guy that is going to make a living on the perimeter uh, as a playmaker and also as a shooter and a three-level scorer. Of course, he has some of that Dirk Nowitzki fadeaway shot that he showed in the, in the summer league, an elite rim protector as well. At his size, at his frame, just it would be unorthodox. Whereas with Paulo Carroll, you saw in summer league, like it's just natural. It just looks natural. It feels natural. It just feels right that he's a superstar. He's an all-star. So I'd vote for Paulo, but I would have my ballot as Paulo, Chet, uh, one and two, and then a significant drop-off. I, I I just think that's going to be one of these two guys. And, and that you hope it's yours if you're the Thunder. If you're the Magic, you hope it's it's yours if you're the Magic for Paulo Carroll. And in reality, there's a pathway where they're both just excellent. And we, and we are... In five years, we are having great debates on my guy versus your guy type of deal in OKC in Orlando. There's a real chance, and, and I would bet on that possibility happening than any other possibility, that you're splitting hairs between who's better, Paulo or Chet Holmgren, in these next five years. I think it's important to note that for all the frame concerns, for all of the, as I mentioned, unorthodox questions about how his game translates to the NBA— for all of these Twitter GMs and those of you in the comment section just immediately writing off Chet Holmgren because of one freak injury. He's had no injury his entire career up until this point. People within the NBA walls believe that in five years will be the best rookie in the NBA. You know, rookie of this of this class, obviously, I should say. People believe that in five years, Chet Holmgren will, will be the prize of the 2022 NBA draft. And so, obviously, either he will or he won't, right? Either either he'll be a superstar or you'll get to be doing victory laps on saying, oh, he, his game didn't translate, translate in the NBA. But people who do this for a living get paid big bucks to figure this stuff out. They believe in Chet Holmgren and Paula Bencaro to be just superstars in this league. And that should give you confidence from a Thunder perspective because when Jabari Smith fell, for example... You even had Chris Haynes tweeting out that the Thunder were going to take Jabari Smith Jr. Was that just a, I mean, was that sourced info? Obviously not. They didn't take him. It might have just been a guess on, on trying to be first of, hey, they're going to take Jabari because he fell. No, their guy was Chet Holmgren. And if the Thunder had number one overall pick, I truly believe that they would have picked Chet Holmgren as well. I'm sure that the Magic would say the same thing about Paul and Carroll. It's clear, though, that these are the two guys that you make the decision about and that these are the two prizes of the draft. And either it works out or it doesn't, but you'd rather have that swing. You'd rather have the chance than not have the chance at all. You'd rather be in that game than not. And for the Thunder, sitting at number two overall, if the Magic are truly splitting hairs between Chet and Paul Carroll, if Sam Presti thought that Paul Carroll was better than Chet Holmgren, you don't think he could have parlayed, you know, pick two plus two first-round picks to go get him? I think that it's pretty clear 
from everything that we've heard in front of the scenes, behind the scenes, and also from this survey, Sam Presky's vote is with Chet Holmgren. Now, obviously, I don't know if Chet Holmgren was, I don't know if uh, Sam Presky was in the survey. What I'm saying is, it's obviously a split vote. They're six and six. And Sam Presti had the chance to try to trade up to get number one overall pick, didn't do it when Paul Ben Carroll goes number one. He chose Chet Holmgren. So when there's six other voices backing you and you have the best GM in the sport signing off on it, you got to feel pretty comfortable with, with the way that he projects to be an NBA player, Chet Holmgren. So that's exciting stuff, and that's kind of the biggest takeaway from the survey. But there's also other things that I want to mention, like who had the best offseason, who had the worst offseason, and kind of where the Thunder offseason fits into that, and a lot more. But first, I want to say right now, about our good friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is incredible, folks. You're going to want to go there and check it out. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and uh, college football betting needs and sports information this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. For the latest and easiest way to check in on your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf, head to the website right now and use your mobile device and learn more about the trends in action this season. BetOnline is where the game starts. And folks, if you're like me and you only really want to put your money on a sport that you're familiar with inside and out, and that being basketball, you can still bet on basketball right now. You can bet on NBA future bets, such as who will win the championship. Right now, the Boston Celtics are plus 500 to win. The Milwaukee Bucks are plus 600. The Warriors are plus 700. And the Brooklyn Nets are plus 750, tied with the LA Clippers for the top uh, four odds to win the NBA championship. So go there right now. Place a bet at betonline.net. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD. Email the show, LOTHUNDERPOD at gmail.com. On today's show, we are going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder and how they tie into this NBA offseason GM survey. We talked about who the best rookie would be. Let's go back and see who they think the best player in the NBA is right now, and that's Giannis with 11 votes. Luka got one vote, and Steph Curry got three votes. Now, who the NBA thinks, NBA GMs, coaches that were pulled in this, who they think will be the best player in the NBA in five seasons. Giannis has seven votes. Luka has six votes. And Jason Tatum has two votes. Could anyone from OKC crack this list? Your only real candidate is Chet Holmgren. I obviously would not bet on him being the best player in the NBA in five years. But I think that that's kind of your only hope to be considered the best player in the NBA in five years. I mean, it sounds crazy, obviously, but even for as hyped as Luca was at, at pick three, 
I don't think that many would say he'd be the best player in five years his rookie season before it started. Obviously, in his rookie season, he dazzled and showed you everything that that, that he was, but uh, I don't think that he had any votes his rookie season to be the best player in five years. Uh, neither, of course, was Chet Holmgren, and Chet Holmgren will not play his rookie year until next season. But he's really the only hope to crack the list for OKC, and that's, of course, a very much long shot. Who will be the MVP this year? Giannis has five votes. Luka has four. Joel Embiid has four. Uh, Steph Curry has one. John Morant has one vote as well. My MVP this year is going to be between Luka and Giannis, so I, again, agree with the NBA um, figureheads. My best player in the NBA in five years is Luka Doncic with a runaway. I would not even think twice about that. I think that Luka in five years will be incredibly regarded as the best player of, uh, of, of you know the NBA at that time. And then best player in the NBA right now, I have Giannis and MVP. I have either Giannis or Luka. Uh, I'd lean Giannis right now, but I do believe Luka uh, can and should win MVP this year if he has a stellar start to his season. Uh, we discussed best rookie already. Now, which team had the best offseason? Here's the only gripe I have with this entire survey. The Thunder received zero votes in this category. And I don't want to be a Thunder homer, but you're going to see why I'm, I'm kind of griping with this in a second. So the best offseason was the Celtics with six votes. That was a by and far large winner. Uh, they kept Tatum intact with uh, Brown. They kept Marcus Smart. They got Malcolm Brogdon, which I think was, is going to help them. They signed Gallinari, who's dealing with an injury right now uh, from Eurobasket uh, FIBA. But, you know, he should be okay within like December, January type of, uh, of vibe, if not sooner than that. Um, so Celtics clear runaway with six votes. Uh, the, the Sixers got two votes. You get a... Reset to that Harden bead connection. Harden looks healthier, looks more motivated this year. Um, you also, of course, got uh, PJ Tucker and and uh, Daniel House and and your old Rockets back to Daryl Morey, but they get two votes. The Jazz get two votes. I get it. You got above market value for Rudy Gobert, or what was perceived to be market value. Of course, they ended up getting it, so it was market value at that point. But what was perceived to be market value for Rudy Gobert, so they get two votes. Now here's where the gripes happen. The Clippers get a vote, the Knicks get a vote, the Kings get a vote, and the Wizards get a vote, as well as the Hawks. Now, the Hawks, they traded for DeJounte Murray, and they added him to Trey Young, whatever. The Clippers, they go out and get John Wall. That's it. The Kings, they got lottery luck. That's, that's kind of all they did. The Wizards, are you really going to count re-signing Bradley Beal to a historic extension that no one in the history of the NBA has turned down so far and likely never will turn down as their big ticket win as enough for a vote as the best off season. If that's enough for a vote and if the Kings getting lottery luck and landing the fourth overall pick and drafting uh, Keegan Murray after every prospect said they didn't want to go there. If that's enough for a vote, then what about, what about drafting Chet Holmgren? What about trading three first-round picks for an additional lottery pick and so ending up with three lottery picks on the night? What about getting Jalen Williams in the 12th pick and Usman Chang in the 11th pick and uh, rounding out a four-person draft that Jalen Williams out of Arkansas? What about re-signing Kenny Hustle to a long-term deal? What about re-signing Lou Dort to a long-term deal? Bringing back Mike Muscala, doing everything you need to do for the Thunder crew. Now, again, should, should the Thunder get a vote no, in the sense of my vote would go to you know the Celtics. But if you're going to just throw away votes willy-nilly, it kind of goes back to the whole Rookie of the Year voting situation. If you're going to just throw around votes willy-nilly and just try to give it to somebody hipster-like, 
what's the argument for the Wizards that they re-signed Bradley Beal to an extension that no one's going to turn down? It's just it just kind of falls flat to me. The Kings they drafted Keegan Murray, great. The Thunder drafted three three lottery picks and and created one out of thin air on their own on draft night. It's just kind of it's just kind of odd to me that the Thunder didn't get a vote there. Um, in general, worst off seasons: Mavericks six votes, Hornets three votes, Nets two votes, Nuggets one vote, Lakers one vote, T Wolves one vote, Blazers one vote. I would say the Mavericks are the worst off season, but again, I don't think it's a slam dunk to go sign Jalen Brunson to a break the bank kind of contract. It's a small guard who had a, who had a career year and a contract year. Uh, and we saw him, you know, have an up and down season and up and down postseason as well. Um, I'm rooting for him. I like Jalen Brunson a lot. I'm just, I'm just not sold on it being an absolute slam dunk to go break the bank for in the sense of, if he were to regress, hypothetically was to regress, I, I would not be just stunned. Like to me, it's not just a, a a stunner if he regresses this year in New York, and I don't think it'll be because of the New York bright lights. I just think it's because you know he he had lightning in a bottle for for that season in Dallas last year. So who knows? But obviously, the move was to bring him back. The Mavs said they were going to bring him back, then they didn't, and all they had to show for it now is Christian Wood, which I think is a good pickup, and I think that. Uh, Luca could unlock Christian Wood's game if Christian Wood will buy in. That's a big if, though. Uh, the Hornets, I get it. They didn't do anything. The Nets, the drama happened, but I mean, you've got Kevin Durant back now. You've got Curry back. You've got um, Markeith Morris now signed and uh, also made that Royce O'Neal trade, which I like to kind of round out the roster and, you know, could have a Ben Simmons going back to the fold uh, once the season starts. Who knows? Nuggets, I get it. Didn't do anything. Blazers, I get it. You didn't do anything to help your case with Dame, even though you re signed him to a deal. Uh, now, my big gripe on this one is just the T-Wolves. Like, did the T-Wolves overpay for Rudy Gobert? Yes. But they had to. They didn't want to give up one of, the young, one of their young stars in Anthony Edwards or Colin Anthony Towns. They didn't want to give up one of their guys and even D'Angelo Russell. So they give up Jared Vanderbilt, who's a nice piece, and use their draft capital to overpay and go get a guy that they could not sign on the open market and uh, otherwise couldn't afford without giving up a top guy like Cat or... Um, or Anthony Edwards. Now, will this pairing work? Who knows? I'm so excited to see this team play. Like, like the team I'm most excited to, to, to uh, watch this season on October 19th when the Thunder play them, actually, is the Timberwolves. Uh, I'm excited to watch the Wolves, the Thunder, and the Mavericks this year. Um, the Wolves are going to be very interesting to me. I don't know if the pairing is going to work. What I will say, though, it is I struggle to call it the worst offseason because I think it did so much for the fan base. And I'll have to check again with Ben Beacon at Lockdown Wolves, um, Lockdown Timberwolves podcast. But from the outside looking in, it appears that that move just really reinvigorated Minnesota basketball culture of, among the fan base. And like they're excited for the season. They're excited for the direction of this team. They have Anthony Edwards, who's a, who's a budding star. They have Carlton Towns, who's an elite big man. And now they have Rudy Gobert, who's a defensive anchor for that, for that team, an elite defensive uh, big as well. So I, I just think it's going to be clunky at first, maybe. But... I don't love calling it overpay. I also don't, don't love Walker Kessler. So like counting that as an additional first round pick that was given up. I don't do that. Cause I, I had Walker Kessler in my fifties on my board. So to me, he was, he was a first round pick was uh, first round pick was spin on him. And obviously that's who the, the jazz wanted. But to me, he's a 50th, you know, kind of guy on my big board from last year's draft. So I don't really care about that. Uh, it, I would vote again for either the Hornets or the Mavs as my worst off season. So I think that they got it right again. I'd go Mavs, but, um, 
That's just where I stand right now. The GMs also voted on who the next team will be for KD. 13 goes to the Nets, one goes to the Suns, one goes for the Celtics. This is who KD's team will be after the deadline is over. Um, yeah, I think he's staying in Brooklyn. Uh, who will Donovan Mitchell's team be after the deadline is over? The Knicks got 14 votes and the Jazz got one. That's interesting. For for that many people to be convinced within the NBA that Mitchell is a Nick is whew, that is going to be fun to see how it unfolds. Um, as far as the survey goes, obviously it was very fun to see what the NBA thinks. Now, the last thing I'm going to end with is teams that got votes to win their conference or the NBA finals. The Bucks, Celtics, and Heat got votes to win the East. The Clippers, Suns, Warriors, and Nuggets got votes to got votes to win the West. And everyone but the Nuggets and Heat in that list got votes to uh, win the NBA Finals. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I think that it's pretty clear. You need the guy next to Shea in the sense of um, Tatum and Brown, who can both score at a high clip. Now, could Josh Giddy eventually get there and score at a high clip if he can shoot the ball better with the hire of Chip England, who's going to come in and try to teach him how to shoot? Absolutely. But you need to find that guy, whether it be through development or it be through this next draft class. You need to find your pairing next to Shea. If Shea is going to be the guy that leads this team into um, the next wave of, of an era for Thunder basketball into the postseason, into championship contention, you need your second star. You need your guy who everyone considers a star. We're at that point with Shea. I think that every NBA fan that watches the sport considers Shea a star. You need to find that second guy. Uh, and then you have a lot of complimentary guys, I think. I think you have a lot of guys that can fill out this roster like a JRE, like a... Uh, Darius Baisley, like a, you know, like a Trey man who can fill out this roster and be a very heavily uh, complimentary piece. You know, now it's time to go find those stars. You think that you do it, Chet Holmgren, but we'll see. And then, of course, you're gonna have a high first round pick in the upcoming draft as well. Um, so that will be very fascinating as well. On tomorrow's show, I'm going to break down the SGA saga from all angles. I know that a lot of you are freaking out, stressing out about what this Chet Holmgren injury does for SGA. I'm going to break it down from my take about it, a positive spin on it, and a negative spin on it. I'm going to give you all three angles, and we're going to cover this thing from start to finish tomorrow, uh, smother and cover it in all the content you can need. And by the end of it, you can make your own decision on, on, on how you feel, but I'm going to give you all the tools needed to make that decision on tomorrow's show. So subscribe for free across all platforms so you never miss an episode, including on YouTube. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.